The first reading is from Matthew chapter 15, selected verses. After a sharp exchange between Jesus and the religious leaders, it turns out Jesus' own disciples don't fully comprehend what he's saying. To this day, it is easier for us to point out the transgressions of others than it is for us to live up to God's expectations for us. Then Jesus called the crowd to him and said to them, Listen and understand. It is not what goes into the mouth that defiles a person, but it is what comes out of the mouth that defiles. Then the disciples approached him and said to him, Do you know that the Pharisees took offense when they heard what you said? Jesus said to them, Let them be alone. They are blind guides of the blind. And if one blind person guides another, both will fall into a pit. But Peter said to him, Explain what you just said to us. Then he said, Are you, are you also still without understanding? Do you not see that whatever goes into the mouth enters the stomach and then goes out into the sewer? But what comes out of the mouth proceeds to the heart, and this is what defiles. For out of the heart comes evil intentions, murder, adultery, fornication, theft, false witness, slander. These are what defile a person, but to eat with unwashed hands does not defile. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thanks very much to Sarah for sharing the lesson today. So uh, everything that we read today, the, the lesson that will follow that Muriel will read next, it's, it's a connected part of Matthew chapter 15. And there's a lot going on there, and it's, it's actually hard stuff, and it's so about today. So uh, this first part's going to be really short. It just kind of sets the context for the, the second part of the story. But the context you should know about is that chapter 15 is filled with, with conflict and debate. And it starts with the Pharisees challenging Jesus, the religious leaders of that time, challenging Jesus and saying, you know, your, your disciples really aren't consistent with our traditions, and you're kind of a hypocrite for... for for putting up with that. And then he kind of file, fires back at him, and he's got a real specific example, and he says, well, you know, there might be more than one hypocrite hanging out around here. Uh, the shoe might fit on the other foot as well. So they're going back and forth, and then kind of to add to it, uh, then his disciples come up to him, and like, they don't like really get it, and they say, you want to explain like what you're actually saying in this argument? And, and Jesus says, yeah, I'll, I'll explain it to you. And, and he says, you know, what goes into a person, because part of the debate had been about uh, washing hands and customs related to cleanliness and eating. He says, what goes into somebody isn't what makes them spiritually unclean. And he uses a pretty graphic little description in the Greek where, you know, that goes into you, goes out of you, and it goes into the sewer. I think that got their attention when he said that. But what he's getting at is, and he does this cool thing where he kind of runs the spectrum of, of how the Ten Commandments are set up, from, from the, the, the first one about our human relationships, don't kill somebody, to the stuff about jealousy and coveting. And he puts those all together in the spectrum, and he says, you know, it's when we do stuff like that wrong, that's the problem, that's what makes us spiritually unclean. And it doesn't come from out there someplace, it comes from within each of us. So the, the title of this little segment is called Not Me, because I, I think what Jesus is getting at in, in this section is that this is the universal human thing, right? Uh, when, when we realize we are on, 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 on shaky ground or that we have actively done something wrong, we are quick to blame somebody else or to excuse our actions, or sometimes we say, well, we, that's the law or that's the tradition or that's how my parents did it, that's how my church did it. Uh, not me. I'm not accountable. And, and Jesus says, I, I know all the traditions and all that stuff, but it, it's not what you inherited from outside 
though clearly that can be important and it's not like we ignore it entirely. But the, the essence of faithful uh, maturity and accountability is, is to own our own part of it. And he says, you know, uh, we each have to do that. Uh, stop saying, not me. Right? Done. The second part of our reading continues in Matthew's Gospel. This is um, still from chapter 15. Now we're at verses 21 through 28. It is hard to know why Jesus challenges the woman in this story as sharply as he does. But his eventual affirmation of the faith of an outsider makes it clear how easy it was for Jesus to cross our human-made boundaries. Here's the reading. Jesus left that place and went away to the district of Tyre and Sidon. Just then a Canaanite woman from that region came out and started shouting, Have mercy on me, Lord, son of David! My daughter is tormented by a demon. But he did not answer her at all. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away, for she keeps shouting after us. Jesus answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But she came and knelt before him, saying, Lord, help me. He answered, It's not fair to take the children's food and throw it to the dogs. She said, Yes, Lord, yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered her, Woman, great is your faith. Let it be done for you as you wish. And her daughter was healed instantly. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be, to, be God. to God. That's a really important story that Muriel just read, and it's, it's a really hard story. Um, it's hard for a couple of reasons, but let's start with the most obvious one. Uh, what Jesus says to the Canaanite woman is, is uh, disrespectful and offensive. Uh, I'm not sure why he says it, but she comes to him asking for help, and he eventually says, it's not right for me to give the children's food to the dogs, uh, implying that she's one of the dogs. It's, it's a hard thing, and for um, many women and, and some men, too, uh, who've read that over the years, that just can't be reconciled to any other way of understanding who Jesus is. And it's, it's part of how men have been violent, disrespectful, uh, hurtful to women across cultures and across the centuries. Uh, it's a tough passage. Maybe because I've, I'm a male and optimistic, I've, I've chosen over time to understand the story through an alternative lens, which is plausible, and the alternative lens is that uh, Jesus, Jesus is salty already. I mean, he's been in the midst of all of this debates. It's been a long day. They've been traveling too. And, and then this request, as is often the case with Jesus, kind of comes out of the blue. And normally he handles those well, but in this case it's like he snaps uh, at this person. And we can all understand how that might happen. Or perhaps he doesn't snap. Perhaps it's actually a sign of respect because he recognizes by eye contact or tone of voice or something uh, that this woman is a, is a strong person. And so he actually treats her like he treats the Pharisees and his own disciples as kind of a debating opponent. And in that world, tough challenges were common. So he lays one on her. She easily deflects it off. Well, even, even, the, even the dogs get the crumbs. Come on. And, and he says, yeah, that was awesome. You got it. And he helps her. 
Um, and, and that viewpoint is buttressed by the fact that he, he's never disrespectful to women elsewhere, never disrespectful to people from other uh, backgrounds elsewhere. And, and in fact, in John chapter 4, when you have the same situation, a Samaritan woman, Jesus actually initiates that conversation, all of which maybe is a defense of Jesus in this case. But it requires several leaps of logic. So maybe there's actually a third possible perspective. So I, I bet a lot of you were raised uh, Lutheran or Catholic or in some other part of the Christian tradition where you learned the, the, the classic creeds, the Apostles' Creed, the Nicene Creed. And so you know in there, there's, there's that line that says that, God is, that Jesus is truly God and truly human. Except we don't actually believe that, right? Because if he's truly human, he'd be like us. He'd be fallible. He'd make some mistakes. But the, the tradition that has grown up around the creeds is that, well, yeah, Jesus is truly human, but he's perfect and he's without sin, which just means he's God. If he's truly God and truly human, he should be like us. And see, then, see, this is why I believe in Jesus and why I would call myself a Christian. Because what I do believe is true about Jesus is that in the midst of all of his humanity, he was amazingly, blessedly, divinely consistent in practicing what he preached. So God so loved the world that God gave an only son for, for the world, for everybody. So in, in this story, I think Jesus is just human. He's stressed out. He's arguing all day long a need comes out of nowhere and he says something terrible to the woman and it's indefensible. But for whatever reason, surely for the defense of her daughter, but maybe for her own defense, the, the woman uh, fires back at him and then Jesus, rather than becoming dis furtherly dismissive or disrespectful, immediately says to her, woman, which sounds terrible in English, but in Greek it's, it's uh, polite, it's ma'am, uh, Ma'am, your, your faith amazes me, and uh, I, I've, I've already helped you. In other words, in, in a bad moment, in a very human moment for Jesus, he is immediately open to the divine, which is that spark of God within us to, to recognize our errors, and not just to admit them kind of grudgingly, um, but, but to, to own it and be changed by it and then add something uh, blessed to it. it. It's the divine part of Jesus heals in this story because he's, he's in touch with both his humanity and, and what is, is implanted in each of us when we are created, the image of God. So, so now that gets us to, to the world we're living in right now. So in the, in the last three weeks in our own community, in our own, I'm speaking specifically of Brookfield in which our two campuses are, are located, uh, first, at, at a city common council meeting, um, uh, in a discussion about wearing masks, and masks are something that people can reasonably debate about, uh, someone identifying himself as a Christian pastor got up and, and made the comparison between the imposition of masks and, and the steps that led to the Holocaust for Jewish people in Nazi Germany. And, and that, that's just so incredibly hurtful and offensive to our, to our Jewish uh, siblings. Uh, in this world, and, and, and it's, it's just wrong. You know, it's just wrong. Uh, whatever you think of masks, it's, it's, it's intended as something good, 
uh, for everyone. Uh, the, the Holocaust was intentional, progressive, uh, uh, identified evil aimed at babies to the oldest people to exterminate uh, people in a genocide. There's no comparison uh, between having to wear a mask and what happened to Jewish people in the Holocaust. And, and, and it's wrong. Then this week at the Elmbrook School Board meeting, same topic comes up. Uh, a woman really identifying herself as a Christian repeatedly gets up, compares the mass first to the demonic 666, we're six feet apart, uh, 666 in the book of Revelations. That's a new reading I've never heard of before. And, and then, you know, uh, uh, that masks are part of a uh, Muslim uh, effort to, to impose their law, their dress styles, coverings upon all of us. And she really went off on someone I think quite a few of you know, uh, Dr. Mushir Hassan, um, who is sitting there. He's part of the Islamic Society here in Brookfield. And, and not only blasting him, but like worked his employer into it as well. Uh, you know, Mushir is a friend of this congregation. He's been in our building several times. He's the doctor for several of you. Uh, few people are, are better human beings than Mushir Hassan. Uh, uh, in, in both cases, I, I think members of the Common Council and the school board didn't know how to react. The school board try, asked the woman to stop because her time was up. She just kept going. And, and I understand situations where you don't know what to do when something really unexpected happens. Uh, but what I'm saying now is, is, is now we should expect it. Um, really hurtful, destructive, violent things are being said, and in both of these cases were specifically said in the name of Jesus Christ. The real Jesus Christ, when he said something that was harmful and was confronted with it, owned it, changed in an instant, and immediately chose to add something positive and life-giving and healing to the situation. Perhaps you have not previously thought about what you would do or say when someone says something violent and, and, and racist to someone in your presence. But we should all start thinking about that. Um, if you do not have the whatever to, to challenge it, walk out. Walk out. Do not countenance it by listening to it. And if you feel like you can speak to it, Here's something that maybe could have been said to uh, the woman at the school board. Could have just said, I, I so appreciate Dr. Hassan. I am so saddened to hear what you are saying. I would think it would be incredibly hurtful for him to hear it, and I'm sad for you for having said it. I would love to talk more with you about that someplace other than here. I don't know if that would work. I don't have any sense necessarily that I would have been smart enough, wise enough, brave enough to have said it in the moment. But we should start thinking about things like that. This is our gift to the world as the people of Jesus Christ, not adding to the boundaries and to the hurt and to the chaos, but standing with goodness and civility and gentleness and change and not saying, well, it's because of my tradition or my past or the laws or whatever. That excuses my bad behavior. It'll be hard, people.
and there's a cost with it. But when you think about it, that's always been true. If you're going to be part of who Jesus truly is, may we be faithful 